Hi, it's Mercy Shabbos. Here I am, stuck in rainy uh, Orlando. And let me see if I can continue what I was talking about yesterday, about the uh, Mantua Zohar, and the big controversy around it, or at least some aspects of it. And this is being sponsored by Gnosim, the publishing house, because March 3 and March 5, I believe, which is coming up soon, they're going to have their auction. And I remember before I left from Baltimore, that one of the items in there, I remember lot number 144, is indeed this Mantua Zohar. It knows the very first uh, publication, printing, in other words, of the Zohar. And I talked the other day, yesterday, I think, about the revolutionary effects of the printing press, which I don't think most of us you know, give that much thought to since we grew up with it. If anything, the printing press is now being somewhat supplanted by the Internet and all that, but the Internet is also a game-changer. Now, the question over here is, um, should Kabbalah be put out in public? That's it. And this turned out to be a big fight, one of many, many fights, especially in the 16th century, that broke up about different rabbis in Italy, and maybe I'll be speaking about that uh, a little bit later, um, one of many, and, uh, you know, different opinions, and there was no such thing as the central chief rabbi of Italy or anything like that, and so just different people expressed their opinions, but they were very um, eloquent and articulate about it in print. And so, as I said yesterday, I'm looking at this wonderful piece that I always like from Simcha Asa, and he puts it together so well, where he points out, as I said yesterday, the same time in the late 1550s, when uh, the Catholic Church was burning the Gemaras, and nobody knew at that time is the church going to condemn more than just the Talmud because the church was a bureaucratic institution I mean still is and the orders came out to burn the Talmuds so what do you call Rashi what do you call a copy of Tosas what do you call a Rajba what do you call a Tor or a Mishnah Torah and so forth and so on in other words is this a decree on the entire of rabbinic literature or just on the Talmud itself bad as that would be and so people didn't know exactly what's going on well, yes, that's from and the church said that any Hebrew book that they are going to allow to be published like a sitter or something like that will have to be subject to a severe censorship which they did that's exactly when in Mantua and Cremona and Sabianetta the three communities in central Italy, the biggest of course being our one in Mantua that I'm talking about these days, started publishing the Kabbalah books for the first time ever. I mean publishing in the sense of putting out a printed edition. That famous work, Hofia Rishon in uh, 1558. And then in Mantua, which we're talking about, first the Tikkuni Zohar and then the whole Zohar. As this, uh, the news spread among the Jewish communities that they were beginning the process of putting together all stuff and to, and to print it in books, and preparing everything that would go together with the printing, you know, uh, proofreaders and, and manuscripts and all that stuff. Before the, the books were published, even, that is to say, before they, they, they you know, appeared printed. A big fight broke out. A pulmus, which means a rabbinic debate. 
Obviously, there are people who are pro and people against. And there were people who were enthusiastically for and uh, passionately against. That's what makes such an interesting parsha. And I repeat, this is something that this copy, which they ended up printing, is exactly what's on sale at the uh, at the Gnosim, uh, auction, which is coming up, uh, what, in two weeks? Something like that, March 3 and March 5. So what were the reasons for the opponents? And there was a famous, uh, the, the printer uh, outlines for the readers, he put this in, like in front of Tikkuni Zohar, a letter in which he said, I know some people are against it. And quoting, he said, Some people said, they don't want the Kabbalah printed because it's a forgery. Plain and simple. Uh, who's this Shem Ben Yechai fellow anyway that we all have to bow down to and we have to pay attention to him so first of all who makes Shem Ben Yechai the guy to give out you know all this stuff in, in the Zohar um, the second of all who says it's from him Mi bet and me Zohar and who, from whose stomach did this come up in other words where did this come from? They're saying it's a forgery. No one's heard about it. Nobody knows where it comes from. And you never hear about it in the yeshivas in, in, uh, in Spain and in France. So this is reflective of the fact that even those who were into Kabbalah in the 1300s, 1400s, sort of segregated their lives between the yeshivish Nicholas stuff and they're Nister varieties. That's why you hear about famous Gadom here and there who were into Kabbalah but didn't talk about it. Or if they did, you know, they kept it very distinct. And so some people were against the spread of Kabbalah because they're against the spread of Kabbalah. I'm sure there's some people like that today. And uh, this idea of Shem Ben Yochai, it reminds me that the Marshal is very famous in the 1500s. Uh, I'm trying to remember here. I am. Uh, I think it was about putting on filling, sitting down or standing up. And, you know, Marshal and Ashkenaz said, you stand up. And he said, even if Shemichai walked in here, we, would, we wouldn't listen to him because we didn't know he's Paschal like him. And we follow our Minhagim, the Ashkenazic Minhagim. In other words, these attitudes, which nobody would talk like this today, at that time, they did. And the uh, publisher is, is pointing this out. So he said, that's one group that's against the spread of this literature, the printing of its literature. Okay? Ain't um, told me save for you may uh Stick with the nigla. Yeshivish. Stick with Gamara, Havaya Sabai Rava. Nigla. Badinim. Alpiatalman. Bavli Baposkim. That's one group. Okay? In other words, this will lead Yeshiva guys, quote unquote, away from what they should be spending their time on. Which is Shasim Poskim. And others. He says, or worse, more passionate in their opposition. Right? If you get into the Zohar, you can end up, you know, a false theology. Imagine that. Okay? Now, obviously, um, they're referring to such things in the Zohar as the extreme anthropomorphism, the trinities you pop up here and there. Now, it's things that could be misunderstood. And therefore, they were opposed to ever reaching print. 
מהם שאומרו שאין לסעסק בחוף מס הכבוד, כי מי זה ואיזה ראשי מלאנו להיכנס בחצר גינס בי סן המלך בדור הזה. אה, and some were opposed, passionately opposed to printing this, because only a bar hochi should learn the Zohar. It's not that they saw it's baloney. The opposite. They saw it's Kodesh Kodashan, but literally Kodesh Kodashan. Only the Kohen Gadol, my friends, can go into the Kodesh Kodashan. You see what I'm saying? Nobody's allowed into the Kodesh Kodashan. As he calls it, the Chatzar Ginas Bisan HaMelech. The Kodesh HaMasig, the Lomig HaMusig. The material's too hard, and we're too dumb. Therefore, they're against that. See, I, uh, 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 I won't say a coalition, because they weren't united, but you have a whole variety of opinions opposed them, which made this all very um, uh, unpopular. Kada Cheres, and Bala Kabbalasman, and then some of Kabbalim, Shein Rishus Lodem Legalis Storim Atikim, Udvarim Amukim Asher Miyoz, Mene Kedem Hoyim, Stum Vechasumim. Some people like to run by Because they were Mekubalim, therefore they're opposed to this being in the public. It's bad enough that it's out in manuscript form. It's really supposed to be a secret, okay? It's supposed to be Stum Vechasumim, Veichochum Nuel Rinu Shishtashtach Pechna Avne Kodesh Brosh Kol Chutzes. You know, the language is interesting, right? Like from Echa. To see this stuff, Baruch Chal Chutzis. In other words, what the heck is going on over here that people tell me, Kabbalah, you're not supposed to even discuss this thing until you're about, like the Mishnah says, you know, Echa Meir Shnaim Mishpacham. And these people are, the Kabbalah themselves, Dvarim Sheh Kison Atik Yomim, Yalo Sisi Rekim, Upochazim, things that are only for the select few, Right? The Atikim, the Rabbanu Shalom, hid away from Klal Yisrael, except for the Yechidi school. It should be out there in the non-Yechidi school, Pochsim Rechim, Otayin Echas Vipim, and some say, Kiliyosim Bizman, Shegozer Malchus Reifus HaTalmud, Yishigilu Shalot Pizzas Sevekabal. And some people are opposed to it for practical political reasons. Hey, buddy, it's 1559. The church is on a war path. They're burning all the Hebrew books. You're going to provoke them even more by publishing Kabbal books? They'll take this as a chutzpah. That we're burning the Jewish books and they got the chutzpah to publish brand new books. Heck with the Jews, will burn all their books. Like the Sidurim, the Chamashim, the Achzurim, and obviously everything else. And we'll be left with nothing. City Sar is a bad move. Now these people were totally wrong. I told you it was a screwball situation which the Catholic Church had, had um, convinced itself that the publication of Zohar was a plus, and that it will lead the Jews to Christianity. I know it's not true, but I'm just saying, that's what they said. And so, it's the, op- the whoever was opposed to it for political reasons, which were just people, you know, they didn't understand the policy that we, you and I know today in hindsight, of the Catholic Church at that time, which was that they were talking not opposed to the publication of Zohar, for their own insidious reasons. Okay? Hamid Sadam Sosa is Tainus at Misnagdim, and the the guy who's publishing this and his buddies, who were the Italian rabbis who favored the publication of the Mantua Zohar, they responded to the criticisms. Like Rabitzik de Loctis, who was a famous guy, and I think the Gnosis mentions him, he's pro Kabbalah. And he says, Oh, the people who said what I just told you in the last five minutes, they said, Oh, wonderful plastic from, what's his name? Uh, who is that King Yehu? You know? In other words, Ahab sinned a little, I'll sin a lot. 
or what he means is the people in previous generations sinned a little, and now these people are opposing Kabbalah or say it's a forgery or something like that, they're sinning a lot. And we're not supposed to go too far in Takonos. So I say to you, don't go too far in Takolos in bad things. And you guys, unwittingly perhaps, are worse than the Catholic Church. Because the Catholic Church wants to burn a certain amount of stuff. We want to put out there a certain amount of stuff. You're worse than the Church. We're trying to spread Yiddishkeit. And you're trying to not to. Rabbi Mano ben Benuto, and one of the publishers, that was his name, and listen to this. <clears throat> Here's a very interesting argument from the pro team, which is, Dafka now, when the Gemara's are being burned, that's when we should put the Zohar out. Now that the Gemara, which is is being burned and taken from us, it's all being burned up. And we can study Gemara by Rabbah. I told you yesterday, what was it like? I mean, it's terrible. It's like Fahrenheit 451. What was it like when there were no books? Or certainly no Gemaras. What do you do? There's no Mishnah, no Gemara, no nothing. What do you do with the rest of your day? But postkim ain't in them, and there are no postkim sperm around. Kisar go miskar, right? Because they, they locked them up. So I think that means either the Jews hid away the postkim books, like the Mishnah Torah, or the church confiscated them. And who knows if the church will ever let us buy him back. And Dafka, at this time, we see it as a sign of divine favor that God has sent to us the Zohar to publish. At least we'll have a guiding light in this time of darkness. Because you've got to admit that if the Rabbi Shalom who runs the world has so organized things, that for whatever reason, the Catholic Church, out of nowhere, just turned on a dime and decided to burn all the Jewish books, leaving us you know, blind or without any kind of uh, help. And now the possibility is to publish the Zohar. It can't be a coincidence. It's got to be that Hashem is sending us a light in the middle of the darkness. The church is trying to burn out the last coals and extinguish Yiddishkeit by having us have no books. I repeat again, to have zero books. Zero books. So now we want to have a situation where it won't be zero books. It's not what we planned on. It's not what we wanted. We're not in favor of a situation. There should be no nigla and only nister. We're not in favor. There should be no gemaras around and only Zohar. But it's definitely better than nothing. Right? In Gam... Then they say, right? Uh, if you tell me that anybody who's a learner, a Tarasim Naso, is also going to be forbidden or not have access to the Zohar, to the, to the um, Kabbalah stuff, what Hebrew books will he be able to spend his time studying? So basically, he's asking the question if I landed you on a, uh, a desert island with no books, you're from Guy. No books. You think it's a good idea that, you know, a Zohar should appear on the island from the shipwreck or something like that? Or you think it's a bad idea? Right? You think it's a good or a bad idea? 
you tell me you're not worthy of studying the Zohar, I get that. You think it's a good idea or a bad idea? Because if you don't, your mom must be stuck on a desert island with nothing to do. Actually, I'm wrong. It's not nothing to do. What she can do is read Geisha stuff. Mayase, is it safe for Yira Yovin? What kind of from book will there be altogether? Lodas covered Hashem Adagono. But Bokachio, Odivriyam Shal Balochem? Should he go and read <laughs> the famous Decameron of Bocaccio? If you know what that is, shame on you. That's like the most famous Italian Renaissance novel, which is more or less X rated, more or less. And um, uh, it was very popular, of course. <laughs> Those kind of books always are. It's a classic, uh, the Decameron. And um, is that what somebody should be doing? No, let's put it this way. If you take away every Jewish book, you tell me there's no, you know, Zohar or anything like that. So what's the guy supposed to do? He'll read English books, including all kinds of Italian stuff, including, you know, let's put it this way, you know, the X-rated, the R-rated, the G-rated, and so on and so forth. I mean, what do you expect somebody? Tarasu Masa, somebody who has an intellectually active mind, who spent years studying Hebrew books, Gemaras, and things like that. What are you supposed to do with your time? You understand? So if we have the possibility of putting this out there, what's better? Boccaccio? Or Divriam Shamalachim? Or Italian history books, you know, about wars of kings and stuff like that? As opposed to, as I said before, the Zohar. What about the fact that those claim you shouldn't, you know, um, share with the public? Nister? Cesar Matikim? Guess what, buddy? They replied, the pro guys replied, there's been Kabbalistic stuff been published the last couple hundred years. Published not in the printing press, but in manuscript books. Hari Sifri Haramban, Rabbeinu Bechaya, Rikanadi, Shoramor, Viod, Nizbizman. As a matter of fact, he's right. The Ramban, on the Chumash, for example, and Rabbeinu Bechaya knows, have been published in the late 1400s, early 1500s at different times and places. Bromberg and other people like that, Sansino. There's books on this stuff. Who is it? I told you, The Golden Oldie is David W. Amram, publishing of Hebrew books in the Renaissance Italy. I think that's the title of it. David Amram was the Talmud Mubik of Jastro. He was a lawyer in, in Philadelphia. Wrote the book 120 years ago. The point of the matter is, there were, let's say you get Urbana Bechaya, for example. You know, he talks about the different, you know, uh, spheros and things like that. They've been out for a long time. We saw some nifers who come upon him, and some have been republished. How come nobody said like this? Don't publish the Ramban. Well, the Ramban never comes out with it openly. But you know what I mean. There were Kabbalistic texts, not Zohar, like Rabbein B'chai and others, in which they discuss here and there, I don't know how deeply, uh, Kabbalistic concepts. Ooh, why don't you say you shouldn't even publish this? Because it's Ramsha Shekiso Atik Yomen, and it's not for the public and all that stuff. You see? I mean, you're, you're like out of date. Lo b'zil b'vadim nimsis farm shame b'balim hoyu chayavim s'reifa amishlik der pritzim. And there have been other farms that have been published out there and nobody raised really hell about them. I don't know what he's talking about, but I assume he means like Emmanuel of Rome or the poems, you know, the erotic poems, which the Mechaber goes crazy about in Shin Zion, I think. Al king yeshim b'snagim l'nesarach me'e So people are posted to the Zohar over here or doing it for unworthy reasons, Ava of a kintor. Okay? Uh, now, the opponents wrote back. You understand? Nech besu lichta sitna rosh vishona. 
the opponents weren't satisfied with these counter-arguments. And they wrote to the big gedolim in Italy, especially what I, what I would refer to as the Litvisha gedolim. El Hamora Godolim Memshalas Hayam Bevenizia Marm Padua. The main guy in Venice, or actually in um, in Padua, you know, uh, the Marm Padua, who was the biggest Rosh Hashiva, a cousin with the with the Ramah. We've talked about him. And the Marm Padua put out an Isser. Right? So it's like you say today the Moeses or something like that. That's not a good example, but you know what I mean. The big Rosh Hashivas. Belozu Bavad Nisus. I'm sorry. Our Acharkach. So he put out a, a, like a Xeris Nachash. No, like a, a what do you call it? A um, excommunication. A Nidoy. That you shouldn't publish this. Uh, and Lohik Bemar Betoka Kim Xerizu. But he wasn't fanatic about this. But Luma Zekosimri de Lattis. But the guy, Rabbi Yitzhak de Lattis, who was in favor of it. There's some rabbis who are now signing. They always do this. You know, you always hear this even today. Why did this guy sign? He was, they twisted his arm. So there were big rub on him, and they didn't want to say against it, but they were under pressure, and that's why they signed the, the, the you know, the Cole Corey or something like that. So it went back and forth, okay? And, uh, what do you call it? And like I say, there are all kinds of rabbis for it against it. The most interesting one of the guys in for it, in my opinion, is Moshe Provencal, which I'll talk about later because we have his shubas recently printed, not that long ago, his shubas. Uh, whatever the case is, it goes back and forth. Now, um, the whole letters we don't usually have, but uh, Simchasa, years ago, Found a whole letter from Yitzhak uh, Finci, who was the Finci family, you know, like Finci Contini, you know, the famous Italian rabbinic family, uh, Yisrael Yaakov Finci, and um, and that he published. And this was a real from guy, and he was in principle against this. Now, obviously, his opinion didn't prevail, but it's interesting the way he approaches it. And he says, This is, again, Yisrael Yaakov Finci. And he says, Kano Kanesi Hashem Torasakadosha, Torasakabob. I'm a Kanoi in favor of the Kabbalah. Now he's against printing it. Haramusa Biat Pritzim, which has now been crushed by Pritzim, meaning you're pulling it out. Vayalvaluha Legionus, the Hadfisism, the Shvakim Rechokis, Lefine Anosham Rekim, Kukli Shira Mazambe Umos. You're going to put it out in the street and put it in the public domain. It's going to be like Zmiros. That are out there in the Italian theaters. Okay? And I can tell you, he says, that the Zohar itself in Shemayim is putting on sackcloth and complaining to Rabban Shalom that people downstairs are doing an outrageous thing and putting in the print. So you see, it's very complicated. It wasn't simply people who are anti Kabbalah or anything like that. Some of these people were very big Kabbalah. But on the other hand, they were very offended by putting it out in the street, right? Putting it out in the street, but no, making it in public. The Kaimelon reason they learned this, Kasi Almexi Chakla Kadisha. It should only be people who are into the Chakla Kadisha, the sacred growth, meaning the real Makabalim. And they access it through the manuscripts. Soda Shemli Reov. 
as it says in the Zohar itself. And he calls Tosus in in uh, in, in what he called in Avodah Zarah, right? And Shonim and Rekabah, and the famous one we know, you and I know, in beginning of second period Chagiga, and Shonim and Rekabah, you know that. Um, and my mother Belisim and Arach, Shalok Baderich, Yoshim is Rabbah. Remember, and he got in and he starts saying Kabbalah stuff, and it was a real thing, and the angels surrounded it. It was a scary business. In Kain Ain Lefazim Lefein Anashim Rekin. So don't spread it among Anashim Rekin. That's you and I. <laughs> okay? Kamosh Pesh Ramban, Pesh Abashalom. Now, we don't have the, as far as I know, we don't have Pesh Ramban and Perkyos, but he did, right? When it says, Dishtamash Betaga Chalaf. Very nice. Whoever uses a crown will be killed. So usually they say you shouldn't use the Torah as a you know as a source of money and pride and that sort of thing. And apparently the Ramban said you, it, you use the crown, meaning the Kabbalah, right? To whoever you know uses the crown, meaning um, the Nister stuff, right? Asma Shmeh, if you can tell what the secrets of the Osas and the Torah and all that stuff is, uh, that should be put out there. And the Ramban himself, as you know, was a big Makubo. And here comes something very, very interesting to me. If it comes out in a book form, a person will study Kabbalah in an untraditional manner. The traditional manner was never to learn it by yourself. Always do it with a Harusa. I imagine they mean a Rebbe. But at least always do it with a chabrusa. Never do it by yourself. And apparently, to read it by yourself, which of course the publication in book form allows, was considered like a big problem for him. Okay? Uh, and all kind of unworthy people get it. They lasik babli chaver. You shouldn't learn Kabbalah without Chavrusa. And you got to be middle-aged. And you have to have good meters. You have to be a Tzenuva and a Hagun. And if you're not at those things, then it's wrong and it's harmful to study this stuff. Okay? Now I'm going to ask you something. It's interesting today. How many young people are into Kabbalah? So a lot. You know? Right or wrong. Well, they know what they're talking about. Um, and then he has some story. I don't know where this comes from. That it says, The prophet Jeremiah, The prophet Jeremiah used to learn Sefer Yitzir, which was a Kabul book in his time. We're talking about Yirmiyot, a Navi. Um, without a Chavrusa. By himself. So apparently, Abbas Kol said, Get a Chavrusa. You know, Ben Sir is supposed to be the son of Yirmiyahu, according to tradition. So he went to learn with his own son. Ben Hazaska Basavar Gimelshan, and they learned Sefer Yitzir for three years. Lakai Mashanemar Oznib Rayir Sashemishal Rayo, it was a Bechavrusa. The self Gimelshanim Kishorotzal Tsar for Alpha Basis, but Sir of Haklal, for Amaimer, Gavrilahem Adam Echad. When they started to want to use the stuff that they learned in the Sefer Yitzir, um, they made a golem. And in um, on the forehead of the golem, um, that's my word, they put Hashem Right? 
and the guy had a knife. Uh, and he erased from the, the word MS, it just left mace, right? And so he dropped dead. In other words, so the experiment was busted, it was bad. The creature they made died. Why did you do that? Right? And somebody was a big builder, like we say to the real estate development. Nobody else knew how to do it. They didn't know how to go about doing this. And then some people uh, seduced him, talked him into teaching him real estate development. And uh, and the guys who learned from him learned it correctly. And when they knew real estate development, guess what? They got an argument and they went to business for themselves. That's obviously was their opinion plan in the first place. And they undercut him in price. And as a result, this guy went broke because all the customers left him and went to the new guys. That's the marshal. Hashem created human beings in a certain way. Now you're trying to make other people like what I call a golem. People say like this. You don't need Hashem to make human beings. People can do it if they know to say for Yitzhira. Like we would say today, if they can clone, you know, the science now getting it, but they can clone everything, you don't need God. Right? That's what, that's what the problem is. So what should I do? Kiss off a base of my friend Bosa offer Hanisrak Bekavonis Lavabchem Baltara Bem Derchem Kavod Batikun Kimakala Mafreya Biasukam Hem Nasa Anulf name of her vapor. Reverse what you did without going through all the details and make this golem into of her vapor instead of the other way around. Biasam Yabamasain or Lumine Lutvorma later Koch Grosso Baller on a low losses shaney. Basically, so this is a classic story. I, w- I never heard of don't get in the Kabbalah stuff because you're working above your pay grade. You understand? And if somebody like Yermio, who was a Navi, could mess up like this, so then the idea is that the regular people should definitely stay away from him. Because then, that's the sin of those who are printing this book. I'm talking about the book that's up in the Gnos <laughs> uh, catalog. He Oz Hulavaz, if they call, call Zarm a Kumafur. Then it'll be uh, uh, not held. Let's put it this way. Now people think it's, ooh, the Zohar, the Kabbalah. Uh, just to hear that word sends that sitter. You understand? Uh, that's the way it's supposed to be, he said. And, you know, I myself, me, myself, and I, I remember there was a guy I ran to many years ago. I won't talk about the circumstances. And uh, he said his father was a real firm guy back in old Baltimore. 
And I don't know. I mean, it's before my time. And I remember having dinner with Salvashan. Told me he knew the old man way back when. You know, like in the 40s or whatever. And 30s, 40s. And he said, oh, he was a real firm guy and all that. And if you ever used the word Kabbalah, he would shake and shudder. Right? Shake and shudder. That's the old school. That's the way he's supposed to be. Nigla is one thing. Nister, woo. Now today, for example, Kabbalah is every Tom Tick and Harry. I'm not talking. About, I'm not even talking about the non-from. That's a separate issue. But you know, you can go in any farm store and get anything Kabbalistic ideas, and uh, some are better, some are worse. And it's no, it's not that big of a deal. You understand? It's a question whether you have an atiyah towards it or not, or whether you, you know, whether you take to it or you don't take to it. But it's not like, oh my goodness, he's using Nistra and all the rest of it. And the person who's writing this letter, Mr. Yaakov Finsi, he's saying, no, but the way it's supposed to be is like when you're me time. You're supposed to sit there and shake and stand back from from these sacred things. Not put them out there that everybody should see and nobody has any. It's like the guys who now go into real estate business and the old guys are, are not respected anymore. So you guys who are publishing these books, or like people going into the real estate business and undercutting the guy who taught you. Uh, and anyway, and he goes on to say, so you see, it was a whole world of, of argumentation back and forth. Hey, don't we say that even the nigla was really supposed to be not put on paper, but Rabbi Hananasi did it, because Esau Hashem, right? And Rabbi Nervashi and all these other people so, so our hero, I never said the Kabbalah stuff can be written down on paper. I never said, we the opponents of printing this in a printing press, never said you can't have it, everybody has to memorize it literally. You can have your own notes and manuscripts and things like this, provided they're kept away from the public. They shouldn't be shared with the public that's unprepared for this stuff. That's the way it's been now for a couple hundred years. People have, especially since the coming of the Zohar out of uh, obscurity, Moshe de Leon, people have written on Kabbalah stuff and they pass among the cognoscenti. They pass between those who are Roy Lakach, and the rest of the belt doesn't even know anything about it. And that's the way it's supposed to be. For the Harula, the Lasik Bob, they don't show it to everybody. And they only share it with people Roy Lakach, which means you know the Nigla first. And you learn it from a Rebbe. Everybody knows, and listen to this, that the whole meaning of Shem Ben Yochai, according to him, is that the stuff was transmitted to him by the Rabbanu Shalom in the cave. Right? He holds it, he learned it all in the cave, you know, he was hiding, and the meaning of learning in the cave is it should be transmitted privately. You see? The Shem Ben Yochai Ben Ma'orav, Lom and so he goes on and on and on. I'll just share a little bit more. Um, even though the letter is actually several pages long, 
but I won't do that because uh, I want to get the basic ideas across. And I regard this critic as a high-minded, not a sore loser or anything like that. I think you'll agree with me. And don't give me this business that we've already published a number of before from the Chumash, for example, that have Kabbalistic stuff in them. Like Rikanadi and Ramban, it's not right. It's not um, the same thing as as the Zohar. Rakhem bevuim mevim ladaitem dibur umafarshim mos diburim. You can also pursue me. Says bechachmas boven shulkashman. This is like Hasidic literature. If you look, for example, Rebbeinu Bachai, you have snippets of Kabbalah, which are interpreted for you, the reader. In a safe way, you know what I'm saying. One of the problems of Kabbalah is you'll misunderstand and turn and, and, and interpret it wrong and go off the derech. But if you read uh, one of the famous things about Sifri Hasidus is that they, in their unique way, you know, have Kabbalistic stuff in them. But the Rebbe's were always able to. First of all, they have a certain amount, not the whole thing, and second of all, they explain them. For the Hasidim and for the readers, in what is a safe way. No, let's put it this way. All joking aside, nobody's going off the derech from reading the uh, the, the Tanya or Svas uh, Emes or you know or Tzadik or any of those kind of things. Even if they have a lot of Kabbalistic stuff in them, because it's not straightforward. And second of all, when everything they explain, obviously they're not going to explain some kind of Shabbat speak type way. Obviously they're not going to explain some kind of Epicurus type way. And so it's like smoking with a with a filter. You understand? So that's different. You read a Rikanati, if you read a Ramban or something like that, to the degree that he discussed this stuff over Ben Bahai or whoever, the, the snippets that they discuss are so to speak filtered through their Pirushim in such a way, Um But if you take the Zohar straight, you take your whiskey straight, with no chaser, with no Filter, and you you know give it an unadulterated fashion. Those you want adulterated, if the adulterator is you know the Vilna Gaon or the Alter Rebbe or uh, I don't know you know Spasemis or one of those types. You know what I'm That's okay, but to do it unadulterated is is dangerous. Avolhatfi Sefer a Kabbalah Kulam Yuchedes, right? But to write a whole thing like the Zohar. Uh, Mareches el Husvet Tikunim and some of these other original works. I would say Bikabal, though all the beliefs show modem losses Hara Hagadol Hazos. Mikshum covered Hashem, who covered Hashem Hester Dover. Commotion got some Acham Mushol the Yitzhak, Mishpachta Mareches el Hus, Ashikhibra Bishnas, Hamesh El Mresh Kabez, that would be 1462. Ashu Wesley, Mixiba Yado, I have a manuscript copy. Dwarm Shibiksabi Tabrasham. The Kosmom, I mean, Dwarm Shabal Pet. It's a mistake in the print here. Shouldn't be written down. Here, Mazalchachmas Kabbal. In his opinion, he thinks it's Tamachachmas Kabbal. So, anyway, I think you get the general idea of what I'm talking about, which was there's a very complex intellectual and religious position, set of positions involved over here. There were arguments, serious arguments, in favor of publishing the, the Zohar. And they went ahead and did it. 
They're also serious arguments, sober arguments, not by hotheads, but by serious people who think it's a wrong idea. It goes against Jewish tradition. It's not the right way to do it. The results will be bad, and so on and so forth. Not that they didn't hold for Kabbalah, they did. But not this particular method. So it's somewhat similar, not exactly, but somewhat similar to saying today, are you in favor you watch a TV show with Madonna explaining Kabbalah or something like that? It's ridiculous. That doesn't mean you're anti-Kabbalah, but you say you know, Madonna ain't the way to go. You see? That's how they thought printing it was. Now here we are hundreds of years later. Were they right? Were they wrong? You could you could tie it this way, you could tie it that way. What, by that I mean the whole shop died three, and Frank wouldn't have, wouldn't have started without Zohar. But having said that, you know, most people say like this, you know, the spread of Kabbalah has made people more from, generally speaking. But maybe I'm wrong. You know, it's a, like I say, no one's ever, I don't know, what's the right word? Um, you know, made a survey, done any kind of social research on this. So it's interesting to judge what the effects are. Now, um, again, there were arguments in favor. And uh, that I intend to do next time. Um, even by people who are not into Kabbalah but remember the times that we're talking about it was right in the middle of a book holocaust that's actually an appropriate word because holocaust means burning and they're burning all these Hebrew books and for some screwball reason meaning by Catholic Heshbonis they're willing to make an exception for the Kabbalah books especially the unadulterated Zohar where did this lead and what were the results and in Italy for example to ask the question, I'm not sure we have the exact answer, which is what did people do when the Gemara was well burned? I mean, what did it mean to run yeshivas? Like I suggested, that a lot of it was like you learn riff and things like that, which is an interesting limud. It's not the Gemara that you and I do today. They had no choice. Um, and now you throw into the, the Zohar part, which never did enter the um, curriculum of the yeshivas, but clearly was very widespread among the Bahram, like on their own. Um, now we're touching on other material. So again, I emphasize that um, I'm doing this because uh, the Genazim, that's G-E-N, Genazim, G-E-N-A-Z-Y-M, not Z-I-M-Z-Y-N. If you go online, just Google that word, you'll see it. There's, they, they actually have a copy, in, which they say is in perfect shape, with new fancy covers and all that. Um, of this, of this very controversial Zohar. And I'm sure if it's a Renaissance publishing, probably the letters are, are beautiful, and all the rest of it. All you need is 50 or 100K. Well, well you know, <laughs> why not? Uh, but if you're interested in this very controversial, uh, uh, what's the right word? Physical set, because it was a set of books that came out, um, here's your chance to get it. As I said, it's a widespread and very complicated subject. And I'm only scratching the surface as I always do. If you're interested, you can chase it down on your own. But meanwhile, I'll close it down over here. And as I said before, thank Ganazin for sponsoring this. And we'll pick this up next time.